Sub, welcome to an awfully wonderful time. This is your favorite Heartless speaking, and the door has opened to Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to my weekly Kingdom Hearts retrospective show where we revisit the good, the odd, and the supreme darkness of the Kingdom Hearts series. Now come, open your heart. So, I hope you enjoyed the new intro that I got for this uh, podcast. Very excited for it. Um... I just wanted to try a new song. Nothing against the old song. It was it's it was fun to put together. I loved adding my own like voice into it uh, with quotes from the game, but I wanted to try something different, something shorter, and just felt it just give give you a bit more hype. And technically, that is Shion's theme. So, with this show being called Your Favorite Heartless, it's like. Technically, I should have a, th- a song a song that's more on theme, even though, yeah, that is still a Kingdom Hearts theme. I wanted to have something more like Heartless theme. So, of course, I got this one, which is one of the best uh, battle songs for Kingdom Hearts. And it was great. I even I even tried to do my best Billy Zane impression. It was pretty fun. So I got. I did the same thing I did with the with the earlier intro, with the old intro, where I do one voice clip on top of another. I add some reverb. I change the pitch up a little bit on one, lower the volume, raise the volume of the other, and there you have it. Very, very happy with it. And of course, shout out to the creator of this. Um, I don't have the notes on me right now who actually made it, but a link to their original upload in the full song will be a link in the show notes. So if you want to check it out and get a copy of your of it yourself, the full song, um, which unfortunately won't have my voice clip in it, but you know it's because I added it myself after acquiring it. But shout out to them for making such a dope track and very appreciative for um, the access of being able to use it on this podcast. So uh, check out the link, show some support for the artist. And without further ado... Let's jump in to this discussion. So this is a Game Rant article. Uh, This one is called Kingdom Hearts 4 Needs to Make Up for Kingdom Hearts 3's Mistakes. Um, So this one was written by Allison Stahlberg. This was published on May 2nd, uh, 2022. So of course, Kingdom Hearts 4 is announced. It's it's so great to have it announced not too long after 3. It it happened during the 20-year anniversary of Kingdom Hearts 1, and it's just crazy thinking that. It's just crazy hearing that come out of my mouth right now, that, wow, it's been 20 years since the first game came out. So we're going to read the article, then we're going to talk about it, and yeah, just have some fun. Uh, Square Enix dropped a Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, and fans are interested to know what the next journey will look like for Sora and his friends. However, some people, some became disillusioned with the series after Kingdom Hearts 3. The most common complaints by fans were about its storytelling and character elements, which didn't inspire much hopes, or excuse me, which didn't inspire much hope 14 years after Kingdom Hearts 2. It is really crazy to think that, that it's been that long, 14 years since 2. 
Like that, that is so weird. But I mean, it's not like we had two and then we finally have three. It's, well, yeah, but it, it's not that we didn't have stuff in between that. We had a number of games in between that kind of like just establishing more of the world um, and building upon it. So fortunately, it wasn't all just nothing. It wasn't just blank until then. But yeah, I mean, I still remember the days when two had come out and then we started seeing the secret ending, the secret ending of two. And we saw Birth by Sleep thinking it was going to be Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. That's we and I remember people were thinking, oh, that's Sora, Riku and Kairi in the future. And then we see their faces and it's like, oh, maybe those are their parents. I, I don't know. There were a lot of fun theories about that. So going back to the article, uh, it says Kingdom Hearts 4 already fixes the issues of having long, having, yeah, I cannot read today, apparently. Um, Kingdom Hearts 4 already fixes the issues of having a long wait between games. However, fans are nervous that it will not fix the mistakes Kingdom Hearts 3 saw in terms of its storytelling, pacing, and characters. The series, while beloved for its music, lore, and Disney content, cannot survive without its storytelling being able to capture the hearts of fans again. The biggest issue with Kingdom Hearts 3 is that the most of the game felt like filler, with major plot developments tacked on to the end. What happened in the Disney worlds was, divor was divorced from any plot that had to do with Sora, Riku, and Kairi. Fans who wanted Sora, Riku, and Kairi to interact more, or excuse me, Fans who wanted uh, Sora, Riku, and Kairi to interact more now that they were finally reunited were also disappointed when the adventures mainly centered around Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Kingdom Hearts 3 content that did delve into the plot was badly paced, with series-long problems being so solved quickly one after the next. The return of beloved characters like Terra, Aqua, Roxas, and Shion was long awaited, but the moments were drastically cut short by moving on to the next thing. Yeah, I kind of agree with them there. It, they, those moments were so good. I felt so great seeing these characters finally reunited, and the way it was handled as far as in the moment was nice, but then having to jump so quickly into the next thing, while it makes sense story-wise, it... I feel like if some of these moments were a little bit peppered um, more so throughout the game instead of just all at the end, I feel like it would have been a bit better. But I talked about this in my Kingdom Hearts 3 rewritten episode. And I mean, obviously, we'll be talking about it a bit more here. But yeah, I, I, there are some points I do agree with this. Um, and keep in mind, guys, I really, really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 3 despite its issues. I still have my Kingdom Hearts 3 copy. I know so many people who love Kingdom Hearts, all the games, mo well, most of the games, but have sold their copy of 3. Some who haven't even played Remind, and just because they're burned because of how 3 was. But then I have people who are okay with 3 and still have it and have played Remind and are like, okay, it's a lot better now with Remind. So there's a lot of varying things, but it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not like how 2 was. Um, and I hate to say it like that but two is definitely one of the highest points of the series but anyway uh let's go back to this um it was sort of excuse me wait did i yeah there you go it was the sort of storytelling storytelling there we go storytelling that felt too eager to solve everything all at once as though it was just 
wanted to get everything done within the Keyblade graveyard. Fans were upset about Kairi's treatment in particular, yeah, as the game always kept her on her side on the sidelines despite hinting that she would one day fight by Sora's side. Well, we got that in a remind at least. Uh, she fell into the cliche of the damsel in distress again. While the writing for Kingdom Hearts has always been ridiculous in ways uh, fans love, Xehanort kidnapping Kairi and saying it was because Sora did not have enough motivation to fight him was a new low that displeased a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Kairi was really given the short stick. The short straw, rather, in this in that game. Until, until uh, Remind. Remind helped her look better a little bit, but leading up to that, it was still rough. Um, what made these mistakes hit hard was how long fans had to wait after Kingdom Hearts 2. There were other releases, but Kingdom Hearts 3 was what everyone anticipated with bated breath. Batted breath. Childhood fans had grown up and likely expected the game to mature a little for the end of the Xehanort story. After 14 years, fans had written books worth of fan fictions and shared enough content to make a game with too many expectations to properly live up to. Next up is what Kingdom Hearts 4 needs to avoid. And that's something I need to say too. Is Sadly, Kingdom Hearts 3 had so much hype building up to it, 14 years worth of hype, especially after all the games that led, led up to it. That's rough. That's the equivalent of Infinity War and Endgame if those movies ended up sucking after all the lead up to it. It would have been, the MCU might not have been able to recover too well from that. It would have been pretty bad. Like, I'm sure... They would have been able to recover, but it would have been really hard to do. They would have had to, I don't know, <laughs> do a multiverse thing earlier on and be like, okay, that was not what really happened. This is what really happened or something. I don't know. It would have been nuts. Um, But fortunately, like three had a lot of redeeming qualities. It, it fell short on a lot, but there were still there's still a lot to salvage from the game that still makes it a worthy addition to the series. All right, going back to the article, um, many hope that Sora and his friend relationships with others can have the chance to grow. While Kingdom Hearts 4 should introduce new characters, it also should not leave Riku and Kairi in the dust. Um, worlds should be more intertwined with the game's themes and plot, like when Maleficent was a key figure in original characters, or excuse me, and original characters such as Zaldin could kidnap Disney characters. The game should also pace itself better than its predecessor predecessor, and not save all the interesting boss battles and cutscenes for the end. Outside of the pacing and storytelling, fans thought the larger worlds of Kingdom Hearts 3 felt emptier. There were no secret bosses like in previous games, so Kingdom Hearts 4 should go back to these roots as well. And then it ends the article with saying, Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development. So this was a shorter article. Um, there's other articles that tie into this too, like um, Kingdom Hearts 4, Who is the Nameless Star? There's another one called Kingdom Hearts 4, Bringing Back Kingdom Hearts 2's Reaction Command is a Big Deal. So, yeah, I mean, with Alice and Stahlberg, I feel like she probably is a fan of this of this series, writing it the way she did. Um, but, I mean, who knows for sure. But the way she handled it, I think she wrote this article fairly well. And for the most part, I really agree. I'm I'm on the terms of, and I can't stress this enough, I think worlds like Toy Box, Monsters, Inc. 
are fairly good examples of Disney World's done well. They were able to do completely original stories that felt like they did connect to Kingdom Hearts in a fun way. So Toy Box connected well, I feel, because Zaynort, young Zaynort was there to figure out how these toys could have hearts. How does that work? And figuring out, okay, can we corrupt that? Can we use them to our liking? It's it's pretty much a stepping point of them figuring out more on how to use um, the, what are they called? The, the, the replicas. Because we did have that in Chain of Memories, and it's finally brought back again in Kingdom Hearts 3, and they did have the original scientist working on it, but of course we found out later that he debunked, or defunct, is that the right word, defunct, back to the good side, because he wanted to pretty much reconcile, uh, he wanted to repent for his previous mess-ups, and I thought that was actually really cool, I did not expect him to do that. But Toy Box made sense. It was just them studying more things for the replica program. So I think Toy Box fit really well. Um, Monsters Inc. Eh, it's a little tricky, but for me, it still works because at least with that, it was kind of Vanitas's way just to help bring out Ventus because that was another ploy to just find another way to rebuild the the the, the Keyblade. Because, as we know, Ventus and Vanitas clashing automatically creates the Keyblade. That's how it worked in uh, Birth by Sleep, and that's um, how the Keyblade was even forged. And their their continued fight is how it ended up getting broken before it actually got to really cause any, like, well, horrendous damage. I mean, it, it did mess up the trio, but it could have been a lot worse. So... That's why I feel like Toy Box and Monsters Inc. were prime examples of worlds done well in Kingdom Hearts. They were fun uh, stories where you didn't need to know too much of the movies that led up to that to get the the idea of of it. Whereas you have movies like Pirates and Frozen, where Entangled, especially if you if you don't if you didn't watch the movies they're based on. You're going to be very confused. They they have an over-reliance of these uh, plot points where you don't really fully enjoy these worlds unless you, you know, actually read or, excuse me, watched the movie so you know what actually took place in between these moments where Sora, Don, and Goofy aren't there. I actually thought it was a, such a horrible opportunity that we didn't end up with Sora or uh, Johnny and them as they're going up against the um, their side of things. It's kind of weird that we didn't really do much of the Pirates 3 story at all, except for like the middle point and then the end and like sort of the beginning. And we kind of just did our own thing. Now, mind you, it was very fun, though. It was fun collecting those white crabs to a degree. It was a nice little collection thing. And I love the fact that at the end, we can have our ship which is the Leviathan, and then we can have the Black Pearl. That is fun. But, like, opportunities like this, this is where the game feels like it was rushed, which is surprising when you think of, like, all the hard work that went into the the cutscenes, the quality, quality. Like, the cutscenes in Pirates, and then at the end of the game where we see, like, the, the real super high def, Kingdom Hearts 3 has never looked better, or Kingdom Hearts has never looked better up until the Kingdom Hearts 4 reveal. 
So we know that a lot of hard work was, was put in these gangs. But unfortunately, it feels like when they were trying to do good with Pixar and doing the quality of the cutscenes and stuff, it seems like they forgot to put the full heart of Keenan Martin. It feels like they kind of sacrificed a bit of the heart to make this game. And, and that's hard to say, honestly. And, and by heart, I mean, it, it pains me to say this because it's a game that had so much hype. And that's, I feel, what honestly burned a lot of people with this game is that there was so much hype, so much of that going into this. And we had so many theories, so many things that we wanted to happen that didn't. But I feel like a lot of it could have been fixed. Like, especially having Sora, Riku, and Kairi fight together. It would have been awesome, at least having one fight where they're all together. It's surprising that we haven't gotten that yet. Even in Remind, we haven't gotten that yet. Or did we? No. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Um... But yeah, it's so crazy, just switching a few things around. And other things like the Olympus Coliseum. The Olympus Coliseum was amazing. And yet, we didn't get a, a Coliseum at all. We have had like a Coliseum in all the main games. Even, um, well, actually, did Birth by Sleep? Not really. But it's just weird that like we have all of this. We had, um... You know, it would have been really cool to have a Colosseum set in Olympus, you know, because we had a Colosseum in, on the main level uh, in Thebes. Then we had the one in the underworld. It would have been phenomenal to have one in the Olympus Colosseum. You know, a theory I always had was that even though there were nobody in the crowds, I always thought, what if it's the gods themselves from Olympus watching us compete in these competitions? I mean, it kind of makes sense. That's how a lot of those... Um, I don't know. It's just it's just like how a lot of those things felt like, especially in two, when, you know, Hercules is fighting the 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 opponents. I think he's I think it's when he's fighting the Hydra mainly and people are cheering, but there's nobody there. That was weird. So I don't know. It's just it's just really weird. And I mean, yeah, I love Sora, Dawn and Goofy. They're like the best trio out there for me. But the fact that we, for instance, didn't really have certain elements of getting to play as Kyrie and Axel as they're training, just little things like that. Like, I would have gladly traded the Frozen world to be able to have a full couple of sequences of Kyrie and Axel, you know, and seeing and actually playing as they're training, like playing as Axel during one set. Then playing as Kyrie during one, playing as uh, Riku and Kyrie, or wow, Riku and Mickey as they're going through the dark margin. Like I thought that was a very weird opportunity. Like it's good that we got to play as Riku. I think like twice in that in that world. But I think it would have been really cool if we kind of got like a almost a, a, another version of zero point two where we play as uh, Mickey and Riku as we're actually going through that world and they run into that echo of aqua or even better yet imagine if they run into echoes of themselves where they're kind of like taunting them saying oh you're 
What are you doing here? You're already too late to save Aqua. She's long gone. What? What? You should have. You should have helped her when you had the chance. But no, you went to do other things. You chose this over your friend Aqua, and you know just certain things like that just taunting them, and you know they have to help convince each other. No, this isn't right. This is just a bad. Uh, this is just one of those ill effects that the Dark March has on people who aren't meant to be here. So I think it would have been really cool to kind of explore more of the dark margin and see other worlds that are lost there. Like, I remember when we were playing as um, Aqua, we got to see worlds like, uh, what was it, Sleeping Beauty? And no, what was it? It was Snow White. We saw Snow White's world there. We saw, I want to say it was Cinderella. So it was really cool because we saw those in Birth by Sleep. But of course, this took place after that during the rain where Maleficent, and the Heartless were just rampaging about, destroying all these worlds. Um, well, I guess the Heartless, to a degree, were acting separate from her, too, because she controls the Heartless, but not all of them. So it's kind of cool just thinking about that sort of thing and seeing possibly other worlds that weren't quite recovered after this whole sequence. So it's just weird that we didn't get to see stuff like that. And then other instances where imagine if we had got to have actually Aqua on our team during a certain world or Vin on our team during an actual Disney world while we're, um, you know, trying to um, save everybody. And that would have been that would have served a good purpose, too, for these other worlds because it's good character development. So, for instance, we help Aqua. We we tried to attempt at saving Vin. But then we, you know, we're not able to. So we have to kind of go and retreat because Aqua is still having some issues with the she's having some ill effects still from the dark world. So imagine we have to take a break. We have to return after we get a little stronger, have a little warm up. So we go to a Disney world where we get to actually get to know Aqua. Because Sora, Donald, Goofy don't know her very well. Donald and Goofy know a bit more about her from what they were told from Mickey. But that's about it. So having the chance for Sora, Dono, Goofy to have Aqua with them and get to know her over the course of time as we go through a Disney world, that makes that world relevant to what's actually going on in the story, like the main story. We get to know what Aqua really went up against in that world. We get to see how it feels for her to fight in the realm of light again and what is going through her head, what was going through her head when she was losing her friends and all this stuff. And the impact of her when she drops her keyblade, when she's taken down by that heartless, that demon tower, it has a bigger effect when we find out um, in Remind that she's not seeing a demon tower. She's seeing a, a, a tornado of her dark selves. You know how that's that that would have such a bigger impact because, of course, we ourselves know that she's been there for 10 years. We played 0.2. But having all the other characters, Sora, Don, and Goofy, knowing what she's going through, because they got to get to, got to get to, what in the world? <laughs> they got to know her, I think is such a more powerful thing. And I'm not trying to point fingers or, you know, blame any certain party for this. I feel that clearly there was probably someone I'm, I'm guessing probably Disney who didn't want certain things changed because, you know, it's their baby, um, especially Frozen and Tangled. I feel like those worlds were like they were because of that reason. Um, 
especially Frozen, since it's been like a, a, a one of the biggest hits they've had since like Encanto and uh, Luca. But it's just interesting to think of. So, and then the same with Vin. Imagine having that going on with Vin, where you know all this time he's had to like suffer with his training with Zaynort, with um, being able to fight with, um, or having to fight, honestly, to find Terra, to find Aqua, and having that bad back and forth as they're all being manipulated by um, Zaynort and Vanitas. It would have been kind of, it would have been ex exceptional having a Disney world where we get more development in between that story. You know, just have a light story so it can still focus on Sora, Sora's relationship with Ven, where they get to actually talk more and say, so, hey, so you're Ventus, right? My nobody looks just like you. Why is that? And, you know, they actually get to talk more of like, hey, I remember you. You actually, you saved my life like 10 years ago when I was like on the verge of death. And they get to have this bonding moment and... They get to bring up Roxas in that whole scenario. Ventus gets to talk about the, his whole ordeal. And shoot, they could even throw in like a quick like flashback or two of him in his um, Union Cross days. Where he gets some flash memories of that. And it's like, whoa, what was that? And we get some more development. Because it, it would be perfect. It, it's just like, this is the character development that we needed. And don't get me wrong. Like, we... This is a Disney and a Square Enix game, but unfortunately, Kingdom Hearts 3 lacked that proper balance. It didn't have the right character to balance that it needed to tell the story the way it needed to be. We needed more of these characters. I mean, that's why we didn't get Final Fantasy characters in 3, because Tetsuya felt there were so many characters already, they needed more time to develop and everything and even then we still didn't get as much development as they should have gotten in my opinion um but this is you know this is just my preference this is just how i felt it could have been uh fixed or more so remedied a bit more you know just peppering more of these characters here and there i remember there was another idea i had where what if we had characters who actually were kind of trying to fight the idea of being turned by Zaynor, because clearly they couldn't have all done that willingly, right? Some of them were, you know, they had to have been puppeteered into this because of the just the influence of the darkness. Imagine in Tangled, we see Marluxia kind of like look in his reflection in the water, and you kind of see him kind of like talk to himself, maybe even screaming like, "Stop this! What are you doing? This is not what um this is not what Strelitzia would have." Oh wait, no, that wouldn't have worked because he didn't have his memory yet, but. Just the idea of him like kind of talking to himself like, what are you doing? You're, you know, falling, you're, you're going backwards. This isn't something we should be doing. We need to figure out like, who were we before the organization? Like we, we had a second chance and it's been squandered because we are a puppet again by Zaynort. Like we're in the organization again. Why are we doing this? This isn't going to solve anything. You know, I feel like it would have been kind of cool just seeing that instead of them just like coming in and just doing their typical monologue and then just vanishing. It's it's honestly one of the tropes I don't like about Kingdom Hearts. Like it's it's kind of funny, but it got really old 
like it was handled better in two because at least with Zoldan, for instance, he was do like in the article, he was literally kidnapping Bell. He was trying to turn um he was trying to turn uh Beast into a Heartless. And mind you, we did get that in this game too. Like I'm not gonna say that didn't exist. Like we had them actually influencing other characters. Like Marluxia did influence um shoot, I forgot her name. I almost said Mother Teresa, even though it's not Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's a real figure. Um, Mother Gothel. There we go. But yeah, just fun stuff like that that I feel would have been very good to incorporate to make this um, feel more like how it should have been. More development-centric as opposed to more Disney-fied, if that makes sense. Take the, take the focus where it needs to be. But at the end and conclusion, I think that's pretty much what we need to work on in the future installments. It's just kind of figure out more of these characters, um, what they represent, um, having them more together and just more more peppered throughout the series, throughout the, the story. So more things connect and feel um, actually proper as to why they're actually there as opposed to, hey, this is relevant in real life let's throw it in the game actually make it relevant more so to the plot line but of course we see that there was a relevance for a lot of those worlds like there there were actual relevances but it didn't feel as connected as it could have been i'm not saying that it, it was not existent in three it was existent for um, a majority of those worlds um, whether it was the Seven Princesses of Hearts deal, uh, Davy Jones's heart, how it was able to be separate from him without Davy Jones being uh, a heartless or nobody. So there were fun ways they did do it, but they just needed that extra oomph, those extra examples I pointed out before. So I think fortunately with Tetsuya, he is very connected to the fans. He is very open to them and it's clear that he knows what the problems are. I mean, look at how Kyrie was handled in Melody of Memory. She was rocking it. And I think it is inevitable now that 4 has a lot of good potential. And fortunately, the hype won't be its demise, kind of like how it was for 3. But I think that was um, kind of the just the discussion I wanted to talk about today. Uh, just something a little bit quicker and to the point for this episode. Um but I definitely want to um, go back to this over time as we kind of get more stuff about four. But in the meantime, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, next episode, we'll be going into, back into the retrospective. And yeah, I'm currently as an update too. I'm working on, still working on platinuming all the games or all the main title games rather. Um, maybe some of the side games, depending on what all I got to do. But uh, TikTok has been helping out with that, um, especially with a random chest. In Hollow Bastion, like in the opening area with the waterfall, apparently there's a bubble. I, I probably knew about this years ago, but then forgot about it because it's been forever since I tried to complete this game. In Kingdom Hearts 1, there's a, there's a bubble that appears during the second visit to Hollow Bastion that gets you this chest that's at the bottom of that um that that little tower. Not that tower, that that uh that mountain piece not a mountain but you know what i mean where uh beast and riku fight so fun stuff but anyway this has been your favorite heartless and until we meet again there's more to seek so go forth and seek it
Ooh, another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way, more people can see it, whether it's from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in our next episode. But due to my podcast being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see your rating, send me a copy either via email or preferably on Instagram or Facebook. Social media, my other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my TikTok where I do art videos and other random stuff, and more are linked in the show notes below. And also, special shout out to Emacs' outro song, Always Love You. You'll find a link to more of his phenomenal work there also. Until next time, my friends, stay A-OK. -okay.